Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. It's so good to be with you. Um, And um, I say it every morning that God loves you. How could I say such a thing? How do I know that he loves you? How do I know that he loves you? (laughs) How do I know that he loves me? Because uh, God told us himself, love came from heaven to earth. And um, showed us the extent of his love. Um, in that he died for us, and the extent of his plan for us to live with him forever, in that he rose from the dead and gives life to all who will come to him. He died that all would have life. All will not have life. Uh, We will have eternal uh, existence, but not life with God unless we choose that, unless we come to him, unless we receive the utter free gift he has given to us. So I pray that you have, and I pray that if you're away from the church, you will come back. It's very easy if you say, you know, I want to come back, I want to be right with God, my life is a mess, but I don't know what to do. It's so simple, you wouldn't believe it. Go to a Catholic priest and say, I haven't been to the church in 150 years, and I would like you to hear my confession. And I don't remember how to do confession anymore. I don't remember the confidier. I don't even remember that word. I don't remember the act of confession. I don't remember the plan, how to do it. And the priest will say, come, my child, I will help you. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Because when you are at confession, you're meeting God in that confessional through his priest. Why through a priest? Why through a man? Because that's what God set up. And when we get to heaven, if we do, if we come back to him, we can ask him then. Um, It's the same reason, really, why he came to earth. Why did he take on flesh? Why did he become man without giving up being God? Why? So we could relate to him. So we could relate to him. And um, and it's the same thing. We speak uh, to God in that confessional through the priest, that God has ordained, and our absolution and uh, is not based on the holiness, the maturity, the faithfulness of the priest. It's based on God. And when God says, um, or rather I should say when the priest says, I absolve you, the priest at that moment <clears throat> really doesn't exist. He does, but if we could see with our eyes what our faith would understand, The priest doesn't exist. It is God who forgives sins. It is God who says, I absolve you through that priest. The same thing at the Mass. When the human priest picks up uh, a round wafer made of wheat and water and pronounces the words over that little wafer and over the wine, this is my body, this is my blood. Again, if we could see with our eyes what our faith understands, we wouldn't see the priest. Because at that moment, in, in all uh, 
for all other purposes, he doesn't exist. He is the instrument through which God says, this is my body, this is my blood. And just at the Last Supper, when, as St. Augustine said, our Lord held himself in his own hands and said, picked up the unleavened matzah from that Passover table, the last Passover of the Old Covenant, and he said, this is my body, bread obeyed and became his body. Just as when he said and created the world, let there be light, and there was. God creates simply by his word. He says, and it comes into being. And that's what happens um, through the sacrament and through the confessional. When the priest says, I absolve you, it is God saying, I absolve you. Now, if you have thought to fool God, and you've not really told him your sins, or you've held back very serious sins, uh, or you've lied about anything, then you may hear the priest say that. But the grace of forgiveness is withheld from you until you truly repent and truly confess. And then you're free. The truth will always, 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 always set you free. From what? From hell, from death, from Satan, from everything. Free for what? Free for you to be who God has created you to be. Free to you, for you to be able to follow him and fulfill the purpose for which you were made and be happy. Yes, um, even in this world and be with him in the next. That's what the Baltimore Catechism says. And speaking of the Baltimore Catechism, um, I, I yesterday uh, summed up pretty much the message of the Catholic Identity Conference that we went to over the weekend. And in fact, I had pre-recorded Friday's program uh, telling you that I was this was pre-recorded, but it was fresh, but it was pre-recorded because I was traveling. And I had some listeners of the Station of the Cross and viewers of LifeSite News, several of you come to me at the conference and say, oh, I heard you say that you were traveling. Now I know where you were because you're here. <laughs> it's so sweet when we become a family and um, we can be with one another and pray for one another and follow one another. And I mentioned that the purpose of that, what turned out to be uh, truly, in my uh, opinion, but not mine alone, an absolutely excellent conference with excellent speakers, each of them giving a completely different message, and yet all on the theme of where the church is today with all the craziness going on, um, and then what is our way forward. And every message was different on the state of the church. It all blended, but, um, but the way forward was the same. The way forward is just to learn our faith and know it and live it. That's it. We can't put out the fires, the craziness of the church right now, the apostasy that we're in the middle of, all of that which Scripture predicted, with which Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of Lassadat, all predicted. And the, the surprise is not so much that it's happening, but that we are living through this time. It, it's an amazing because for 2,000 years, God has, through one means or another, had people predicting the end of the world and uh, all of this um, and being ready for the second coming. But we've never had a time in the history since the cross uh, that 
is comparable to today. Well, I think we're actually living through uh, the end of the end times. What that means, whether there's another thousand years ahead, I have no idea. But the end times began with our Lord on the cross. That was the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the reason he uh, formed Israel for himself, through which would come the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Redeemer for the whole world. And when Christ came and he died for us and he rose from the dead, that was the beginning of the end, that we would have a means to come back to God, that our sins could be forgiven through his uh, death on the cross and resurrection uh, to life, that we would have a way to come to God. And that was the beginning of the end. And we've been very slow about it. Uh, many people have gone astray, um, all of us, in fact, until we come back to him. But the scriptures say that God is not slow about his promises, but he's patient, willing that none perish. He wants everyone to be saved. Will everyone be saved? They will not. Is there a reasonable hope that all men will be saved? There is not. That's why Our Lady of Fatima showed the children a hell. That's why St. Catherine of Genoa, Genoa, sorry, G-E-N-O-A, wrote her book on the the fire of hell. Uh, Because hell is filled with thousands of souls that said we will not serve just like Satan. They followed the father of lies. We will not serve. It's their choice. It's our choice. If we, God has given us free will. He's not given us free will in order that we may do what we want. He's given us free will in order that we may follow him. We only have free will as a gift from God to do what is right. We have no right to do what is wrong. We have no right to do what is evil. People say, I have a right to choose abortion. If I want, that's my right. Well, it came from Satan, not from God. Because God will never give us a right to murder especially children in the womb. He created those children. If he didn't want them, he wouldn't have created them. God never gave us such a right to murder uh, and to distort life in so many ways that you see going on today. So no, God did not give us free will for that. We don't have any right to do that. Um, We have the freedom to turn from God, but we don't have the right. And so not from God. And so he's given us the way back. And now I think all that he wrote toward the end that would happen is happening, whether it's the beginning, whether it's closer to the end of the end, I just don't know. We read lots of reports, lots of prophecies, uh, lots of things. I don't know. Nobody knows. Jesus said, nobody knows the day and the hour. We don't know the time. But we know that we're living through probably... um, I shouldn't even say probably the worst, uh, most diabolical crisis in the history of the church. Um, uh, I know there was a time, the Arian crisis, where all the bishops defected, and it was the lay people that carried the church forward on whether Christ is God or not. Um, That was pretty severe, but nothing like today. Nothing like today. And so what do we do about it? We feel helpless, but we're not helpless. We are powerful. We have the Holy Spirit in us to move 
forward to learn our faith. Some of you, not me, but some of you were raised on the Baltimore Catechism. Some children are being raised on the Baltimore Catechism today. Blessed be God forever. Um, But um, even if you were, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall at the conference suggested we go back and reread that and deepen our faith. And when you're finished reading the Baltimore Catechism, read the Council of Trent, which probably very, very, very few of us have read. I got the Council of Trent uh, in order to read my way into the church um, in 1990, the early 90s, because um, the council, the new catechism that we have today, was not yet out in English. So I read the Council of Trent, and um, the church that I read about was so utterly magnificent and the true fulfillment of all God gave the Jewish people. If they had followed it, they would have been a lot closer being Catholic. Um, and many did, and many do today, and many are Catholic today, and the first Catholics were Jews. So um, uh, my brother is the head of the Association of Hebrew Catholics all over the world. There are thousands, thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people that have entered the church believing it's not the rejection of Judaism, but it's fulfillment. And when you enter the church and you know that Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, it was a conditional law. God said to the Jewish people, if you keep my words, I will bless you. If you disobey, I will curse you. And they have disobeyed. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28. They have disobeyed as a people for the most part. And so God has cursed them. And the situation they are in today, they've been in for years in Israel, is the the fruit of their disobedience. God said to them in Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name, this applies to us also, we are God's people. But when God wrote this, Israel was then also surrounded by her enemies. And God said to them, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear their prayer, and I will heal their land. That's all it'll take today if Israel will simply turn back to God. They argue rightly that they're the people of God, rightly, uh, and that that is the land God gave them. That's true. But they are turned from God. So what does that avail them? It's a title. They need to turn back to God and humble themselves, and then God will heal them. And they still need to come into the fulfillment of Judaism, which is the church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church founded on Israel, founded on the prophets uh, and the apostles. So uh, where am I going with this? That the issue is that we must know our faith. We must know our faith. Now, I came into the church in 1995 and um, I've never read the Baltimore Catechism. And I said, well, I've gypped myself. I'm going to read it now. I'm going to read it now. We had a beautiful, dear, 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 dear friend who visited us yesterday. And she was, she's absolutely Catholic and also a convert in her younger years. And she was um, really bemoaning all the confusion in the church and, and how when she was growing up, when people could trust what priests said and what bishops said. Um, And the church was changing uh, 
every day, overnight, this and that and that. And she said, we were, your heads are spinning. You don't know what to do. You, you don't know why it's changing. You don't know what it's changing to. You don't know what it's even changing from. Uh, they didn't really know their faith, and that's not good. And um, so many people are very discouraged today and very confused. And, and as St. James wrote, feel tossed and fro, are tossed and fro by every wind of doctrine. Don't be, beloved. It is not what God wills for you. It's also not God, what God wills for his church. <clears throat> but he's allowing the corruption, the corruption that we have wrought. Don't worry about that. You follow God, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will follow God. That's what we do. And the way to follow him is to simply go back and learn your faith. And if you said memorized who God who made you God made you why did he make you to know and love and serve him in this world and be happy with him in the next all of that those are wonderful things but you need to dig deeper now you need to be able to teach that until you can teach it you don't know it and when you begin to impart it to children or to adults or to strangers or to others then you begin to learn it deeper more deeply the teacher always benefits more than the pupils because when we express things, they become solidified to us. So, with all that introduction, which has pretty much taken up um, half of our of our time uh, already um, uh, for the first half of the program, so a quarter of our time, um, I promised yesterday, or threatened, or one or the other, that we were going to go through the Baltimore Catechism. And... Um, <clears throat> We're on catechism number three, and I think that's written for uh, adults and up, or high schoolers and up, whatever it is. Don't worry that it's written for high schoolers. It's for us. It's for adults. Um, When I wrote a study guide on the Gospel of Luke, I had about 20 books and but um, I remember it was, I'll tell you, that Steve Ray sent me a particular book out of print used that he found on Luke and he knew I was studying Luke he sent it to me and he wondered if it would be of help and I'll tell you it was the number one resource for the entire uh, 300 page workbook and um, 39 series half hour EWTN programs this book simply on Luke St. Luke by a Madame Cecile or Cecilia and she was a religious and I don't recall uh at uh, the moment where she was from, I, I believe French, but it was written in English. And it was in two parts. The first half was the entire Gospel of Luke commentary. The second half was a bonus section with the entire Gospel of Luke again, but going into it deeper. <clears throat> that book is, I can't even tell you where to get it. I have to get it from my shelf and look it up online. I, I, I would guess it's still in a um, rare and used print um, apostolate. Um, and I looked right at the end of the study, not even before. It was written, I think I knew this, it was written in 1908. But then I looked deeper. It was written for high school students in 1908 by this wonderful religious for high school students. And I would dare to say that most College students, most Bible teachers, adult Bible teachers and uh, others don't know what's in that book. 
and it was for high school students. Our faith has been distorted and watered down, and when I came into the church, beloved, I saw three generations lost to the faith. I came into the church because of what the church is, what I learned that it is, not because of Catholics, because Catholics keep converts often from coming into the church because you they don't know their faith for the most part, or they're filled with misconceptions. And so, um, uh, that may not be you, blessed be God, but I know that it, it applies to many of you. I say you, not us, because again, I, I read my way into the church, which doesn't uh, bring me to know everything. It just, it just it gives me a taste of how much I don't know. That's what that does. The more you know, the more you know. No, don't know. But many of you were raised in Catholic homes and then you went astray or your parents went astray or something. Don't worry about what happened. Don't worry about that. Don't live with regret because it'll sap your spiritual life. Don't live with uh, blame for anybody. Don't do that. You will you will lose your ability to walk with God and to love him with your whole soul. Don't do that. Just begin now to live your faith. And so... I have brought up the Baltimore Catechism number three online, which is lesson one on the end of man. And in this lesson, I'm trying to find out where this came from. The Baltimore Catechism uh, was, I think this is 1891, I may be wrong, but there's a priest, and I, I don't have his name with me now. I spent a few hours last night trying to track him down, and um, he wrote the initial Baltimore Catechism in uh, 1885. It had 402, something like that, questions, and then another priest came along not too long after and reduced it to some 200 or something questions with a reason that nobody seems to know. Um, and it's been updated since then. And I have found that the more things are updated, even when they're updated um, years ago, even when they're updated before Vatican II, um, that wasn't a statement against Vatican II, but so much liberalism came out of the closet after Vatican II um, that was already there. Um, it, they just seem not just watered down, but man-centered. And it's, it's, I'm allergic to it. What is man-centered, it, it, it needs to be God-centered or will become selfish, self-centered people, which is pretty much what we've turned out to be as, as a society. And so the question here is not, um, why did God make you? Not you, not focused on you. But it is the, 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 the subject of the lesson, which hasn't changed, is on the end of man. And so the first question in this uh, version that I found uh, that many people may have, I, I need to find it, I need to have it in print. Um, and it's not, um, why did God make you? It is, what the, the first question under the Baltimore Catechism 3, Lesson 1 on the End of Man is this. What do we mean by the end of man? Not why did God make you. What did we mean by the end of, of man? Not who made the world God. What the lesson is on the end of man? If it is the lesson, 
And that's the aim, and that's the goal of the lesson on the end of man. What is meant by the end of man? Now, many of us uh, know what's meant by the end of man, but I would venture to say that most of the world does not. What is the end of man? He dies. Goodbye. What happens? He becomes annihilated. He, who knows, uh, whatever different religions teach. Um, people will say, well, th- he doesn't exist anymore. Or he goes to heaven. Well, how does he go to heaven? Because we have a loving God. No, that's not. That is why. But it, it's it's what God did for us. So, and whether or not we reject it or, or receive that. So, he, I love this. What do we mean by the end of man? And here's the answer. Not God made us to know and love and serve him. But by the end of man, we mean the purpose for which he, man, was created. Namely, to know, love, and serve God. I tell you, I spent all of yesterday on this one point. um, And there it is today. I did the same thing again. Um... We have to get out of ourselves. Our focus has to be God. And if we know this question and this answer, we can answer anyone on the street. Do you know why God made you? Do you know why you exist? Do you know why you're on earth? What is your end? And people will know. I don't know. It it is your end is that God, the God of love, created you. You were created to know love and serve God. You are loved, and you were made for a purpose, and it's still possible for you to know and live that purpose. It just puts the focus on God. So, uh, beloved, there is our music for our break, and uh, call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free or text one 511 Pray the Rosary with Catholic Radio in thanksgiving for all our many blessings. To find a schedule of devotionals you can pray with on the Station of the Cross, check out our programming grid at thestationofthecross.com. Click the Programs tab at the top of our homepage to navigate to our complete programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Josephat. Stir up within your church, O Lord, the spirit with which St. Josephat, your bishop and martyr, was filled when he laid down his life for his sheep. 
so that through his intercession we too may be moved and strengthened by the same Spirit and may not shrink from giving our lives for our brethren. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. We've got a whole half hour. This is our time, and I welcome you to call in with anything on your heart, um, and it never has to be what we're speaking about, but the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Um, call in. You could call in anonymously if you wish, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. And um, let me see. I was just interrupted by a, a moment. Um, or email. I'm so sorry. Call in again. I'll repeat that. Toll free, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. Um, we have or had a call from Betty in Louisiana. Are you on the line, Betty? I think not. Okay. I I think something happened with that call, and I think Betty's going to be calling back. That's good. Um, we have Jan on the line from Forestville, New York. Hello, Jan. Mother Miriam, it's wonderful to talk to you. Uh, thanks, Jan. I really appreciate Jan. everything you Th- do for us. Thank you for your call, sweetie. I had um, a question that I'd concerned because uh, in regards, I've listened to you in, in regards to um, having our Sundays holy, and we try to do that. I homeschool my family, and we um, revere the Lord and try to keep Him in prayer. And but in one instance, I was uh, unsure, so I figured I'd ask you about this. Um, I have family out of town, and one I was trying to reach um, because she saw noise in the face. I wanted to grow closer to her and help her out, um, and I wanted to schedule a visit. And of course, homeschooling, I, the best time to go is like on a weekend, and uh, of course, for her also would be visiting her on a weekend. So and who is this again? I, I missed the very beginning of what you oh, said. I, I would want to visit my daughter. She lives out of town. Okay, it's your daughter. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. And so, of course, no problem. And so to visit her, of course, I would have to fly out. And so I was planning, like, to fly out on a Friday. And then um, I didn't want to fly on the Sunday, <clears throat> being as it's the Lord's Day and make people work. So I was planning to make it on a Monday that I'd fly back home. And then the whole idea is, my thought was, well, what about Sunday when I'm in a hotel and people have to work around me, cleaning beds, or going out to dinner? You're 100% right, Jan. In fact, um, uh, I was at the Catholic Identity Conference on, on Sunday. We flew home on Sunday. So I know I, the sister who came with me, we were told, I said, I've been telling everybody not to do anything on Sunday that requires somebody to work. I know, I know, I know. But um, uh, we did that. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, in the world that we live in, uh, I, I don't want to uh, go back on what I've said, but I realized with my own trip this weekend that I was in a hotel 
I checked out Sunday to come home because I had responsibilities and wanted to be on the program Monday morning as well. Um, and it uh, uh, means that even if I stayed, like you say, at the hotel and came home Monday, people would be working. I'm They're serving, you know, their guests. So I realized very quickly that there are circumstances we just cannot get out of. Um, you know, pilots, some stewardesses, what do we do? Stop the planes and stop everything in the world that we live in on Sunday. When we had horse and carriage and, you know, all of that, we could make those choices a lot better. Uh, today with our mobile society, it's it's very difficult, so I don't, you know, I, I felt, am I being hypocritical? Look at this. I'm doing it myself. But uh, I think, Jan, um, what we, we I, I, and someone can call and, and correct me and, and give my own message back to me, if you wish, but um, I think we, we just need to discern these exceptions. I just do. Um, when we travel on weekends and we want to be home, if you plan a family vacation, and again, what's the difference of flying or staying in a hotel and eating at the restaurant of the hotel? You know, th- there's no difference. There's no difference. You're away. And, and um, it, you know, if you go for a two-week vacation somewhere and you, you're at a resort or you're on a pilgrimage and you eat food from restaurants and you sleep in, you know, um, uh, hotels or whatever it is, it, it, it's going to be that. It's going to be that. So I, I realize that, to my dismay, we need, we simply need to make those exceptions. We, we need to, I know, it's, it's the life that we're going to live, I know. When we're at a hotel in travel, uh, we make sure that we find a way to get to Mass, and the hotel usually has a, a list of churches we could go to, so at, at least we plan around that. But, um, Jan, don't stress yourself out because, uh, it, I think that's just a, a matter of life that, that we need to accept. And, uh, not, uh, be able to, to either go away or take a vacation. You say you homeschool, bless you, uh, and you can only see your daughter on a weekend. That's terrific. Um, so I think we need to, f- I think God Himself would say, don't be scrupulous about that. Um, at all. I think if we're home on a Sunday and a mother or father says, let's all go out to eat, I think you, family should make that choice not to do it. Or let's go to the mall and shop, that kind of thing. I think those choices, when we're at home, we should make those choices and begin to be a witness to the world by our absence and begin to be a family together. So um, that's what I would say to that, Jan. I appreciate that. And, and I know I don't want to be scrupulous. It's the other thought. Um, and actually, beforehand, before I made these plans, just to fill you in on how it happened, sister, um, or mother, <clears throat> I, um, I wasn't sure if I should make the plans. Mm-hmm. And, and I know from the past, sometimes, you know... I'm so sorry if I co- caused that stress for you. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, you didn't. Okay. You actually have and you actually have opened my eyes to a lot that I appreciate because okay. um, sometimes we don't always um, understand that. And when mm-hmm. you ask certain people, you know, when you go to your shepherds and they don't always tell you the right answer, That's you, you right. want to do what yes. the right thing is. Right. But um, in leaving it with God, I didn't do that. I was trying to make these plans and. 
and I was trying to think of God and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to fly on Sunday. So I'm trying to think that way, okay? So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is what I should do because I'm trying to make God happy, right, by not yes. flying on Sunday. But you know what happened, Mother? God is so good. Not, not that it's a good result, but actually what happened is I had to cancel my plans, uh-huh. and I didn't go out to see my daughter. Because mm. my brother died. Oh, Jen. We had to be there for him, but, I mean, it's just sad that he died, but... But it was supposed uh. to be... It was supposed to be. So, that's how, it's wonderful. God, God's God's God sovereign that. love and providence. God bless you, Jan. We will pray for your brother and for you and the family. I thank you. Thank All right, you and God prayer. bless you. And the very fact that you wanted so much to do God's will um, is you've already done it in your heart. That's what matters. Yeah, I see that. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. Yes, Jan. God bless you. We will pray for you and your brother. Um, all right. God bless you, my sister. I hear that music, so it's going to cut you off in a minute for the break. But God bless you, Jan. Call back anytime. I will be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. And I think we have our dear Betty from Louisiana back on the line. Are you there, sweetie? 
Betty, are you on the line now? I'm still holding. I do not know why I have to keep holding. These you don't, sweetheart. I'm here. You and don't they need. They have a problem. Mother told me to call back. Early. No, I'm mother, Betty. I'm mother, sweetheart. Oh, I'm with mother, you. That's you. Uh, it's me. Wait, yes, mother. I got to swallow an infection pill and my thyroid pill. Yes, mother. I'm okay. ready. All right, honey, I am too. I'm sorry you've had a hold on, but we're together now. I know what you know. I did go to you first. I did go to you. I get through to you, Betty, sweetheart. um, Go ahead. I have so many things. You do not have the time to listen. I want him to leave me alone. I paid for the car to get sick. He's a no good dog. I'll go to a psychiatrist. And he looks at him. He's wearing the clothes and shirts I bought. He had nothing, nothing. I should not have married him. I went to Father Rogers at the Catholic Church, and he said, "If he is not a Catholic, if he doesn't believe in that, we will not marry him. He has to go through a test." He refused to do it. He wanted to get married in his Baptist church. Ha. I had to go through a lot of scrutinizing by that brother Driscoll, Reverend Driscoll. So I wasn't good. I had me to be rebaptized again. I was baptized, and my godmother and godfather stood in for me when I was baptized. What is wrong? Why all of a sudden? He said he called the doctor and said I was going crazy. I was raving. I guess so. He 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 cheating. He will not go pay the rent. What is his reason? Let him go and get. He. I was just married. Uh, I I don't know why I lived uh, a virgin life. All uh, the girls I knew, they would go with men, men, men. Well, God and Jesus Christ didn't tell me to do, not to do it. I didn't feel like I wanted to do it. Betty, sweetheart, let me interrupt you a minute, because if I don't interrupt you to ask you a question, honey, um, we'll approach the end of the program, and I I really want to see if I could answer what might help you most. So you're in a really awful, awful, awful situation. Awful situation, sweetheart. I know that I can hear it. I don't know all the details yet, but I can hear it, honey. Let me ask you this. If you could, um, if I could answer one question that might help you now to move forward with all that's happened in the past and all you're living through right now, if I could make one suggestion maybe to help, what would you want it to be? Call husband. She, he, this young girl was after him. She called and told me she was carrying his baby. Carrying his, and he said, I shouldn't have. I thought, why should I know? Betty, I, let me ask you this question, sweetheart. Um, do you have the means to support yourself Mother, you have, I am stupid, stupid. I don't know where he's going. I'm I know you don't, sweetheart, but let me ask you this. If your husband left, or if you left your husband, 
how would you live if you left your husband? How would you be able to live financially? I should listen to my parents and listen to what Father Rogers said. Is a if he is not a Catholic and he doesn't choose to go and be helped and become a member, do not marry him. Okay, so sweetheart, but you. all right, honey. But you know, we we can't. Um, we could speak for probably 10 hours on your situation, but we know that we, I wish I regret some choices I made also, uh, against what people told me in the past, but we cannot, we can't change that. But now you're very miserable because you're in a miserable situation. So what I'm asking you this, what if, if if I suggested that you leave your husband and go live in a group home or someplace on your own, would you be able to do it? Ugly thing. I said, don't do that. He may come after us. Let's pray and get. He doesn't have to know where you I'm are, sweetheart. No, honey. Listen, there are. Um, now, I don't know if you have a Catholic Charities near you or a social service agency or, you know, maybe you already have a social worker. But if you tell them that you need to get out of an awful, awful situation and you need to move, you need help, and your husband cannot know where you live because he'll come after you. You don't want that. I, I, I was... Uh, Um, There are many resources for women, sweetheart, who need to be protected, who have to get out of the current situation they're in, and they, they, their husbands or whoever's living with them must not know where they live because they'll never be free. So I would say, sweetheart, if you could get to a pastor or to Catholic charities or to social services, they have homes for women that need to leave their husbands, they need to be protected, and their address is anonymous. They have it all worked out, honey bunch. And I think that's what you need to see if you could get a hold of. If you have a friend that can help you find such a place, they will give you a room and board. You won't have to pay for it. They'll protect you, and your husband will not be allowed to know where you are. Would something like that help you, do you think? Not bring the marriage. She did not want to marry him. But she, she lied. She I understand. She so, But you're still living with marriage. him, right? But you're still living with him, sweetheart? I think I have talked to our brother Driscoll at his church, and he looked at me like I was 30. You have to be baptized. I said, I've been baptized. Forget all that. No, right now, sweetheart, you have been baptized, and you don't have to be baptized again. Right now, what you need is a place to live where you could be taken care of and out of the range of your husband um, and, um, uh, and, and be with people who will protect you and where you could have a safe life. You need that. And a social worker... Uh, at the moment, is the only one that I could know offhand that can help you. That's what you need, honey bunch. You're, you're, the man uh, that you're talking about is simply uh, 
not good and troubled and you need to be free of him. You need someone to help you, sweetie, be in a home for even for abused women and they will care for you and protect you and you can begin a new life. That's what you need. Yeah. He is very cold mouth. I'm sick of it. I have a right to let him go. Leave me alone. Yes, I but I don't think, you don't know. think he's going to let you, no. you don't think he'll let you I'm alone. I'm supposed to go get looked at. I don't know what kind of mood he'll be in. I call the hospital. You know what they say? Quit harassing him. I said harass that girl. Okay, Betty, um, we're, we're going to have to say goodbye, sweetheart. Um, because we're coming near the end of the program. What you need to do, honey, is get yourself a social services person uh, who can get you to protective living and safely get you out of there without your husband or this man knowing where you are. But we need to go right now. Okay. Um, We have a call from Kristen in Los Angeles. Are you there, my friend? Well, I guess Kristen's not there. Um, I'm here. Oh, oh, you are. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I don't know what happened. I thought you were still talking with the other lady, and I I barely heard you say, are you there, Kristen? I just wanted to ask if you could maybe clarify, and it would help maybe the the other lady, um, what the church means when she says, um, don't do unnecessary servile work on Sunday and the difference between heroic virtue and heroic perfection, because there's some things that we can choose to do that are above right. and beyond. And maybe that would help uh, with the Sunday thing because okay. of course nurses and some, some people who, That's you know, outstanding, do- outstanding Christian. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, sweetheart, because uh, this is very, both your points are very important. Virtue is fine. Heroic virtue is fine. Scrupulosity or um, perfectionism is, is, is not helpful at all, and God doesn't want it. But as far as uh, necessary servile work, we just talked about an airline pilot, you know, uh, people at hotels on, on a Sunday, um, and also, um, uh, hospital work, what do you do? What do you do if you work at a hospital and all Catholics uh, say we're not working on Sunday and they have to close the hospital on Sunday? And they would cause the death of people. That's a fabulous point, Kristen. I can always count on you for that. So yes, if there are things that are necessary, um, and don't say, well, get another work, get another nurse to work on Sunday because I'm Catholic. No, 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 no. We need to take, that's a caring uh, profession and and we need to be not scrupulous on that however if in this example you're a doctor or a nurse and you're catholic and you work on sunday you are not removed from the obligation of going to mass which means you need to go to a 6 a.m mass or an 8 p.m mass or a saturday night mass uh you need to do that that's that's for sure um but outside of that um, necessary servile work uh, is is absolutely. Uh, I would not ever speak against that. Kristen, bless you for that. Uh, so waitresses, if you if you don't work on Sunday, 
And if you tell your boss you don't want to work on Sunday and he says that you're fired and you need money to feed your family, you work on Sunday until you can work out another job or situation. Then you need to do it. Don't uh, don't go to the extreme. Um, uh, that's not heroic virtue. That that would be called almost foolishness or irresponsibility. Don't do it. I was in a restaurant once with a waitress who had her single mother with a couple of children, and she had it was a and it was a Sunday. I was eating at a restaurant on a Sunday, and um, and she told me her situation, and I called the manager over and I said. Would you hire me for her job on Sunday? I'll work. Because then I would work in a nun's outfit, a nun's habit, and I, I this would be a really terrific thing on Sunday. So it, all kinds of situations. Um, but Kristen, I, I bless God for your call and your mind and your heart. It's absolutely terrific. So again, no scrupulosity when we seek to do God's will with all our heart and we don't see a way to work it out. And it's not because we want our own um, pleasure and all that, then um, uh, God honors that. Don't just as if we. I, I've gone to houses on Friday where Catholics serve meat. What do I do? I say I can't eat your dinner because I'm a Catholic. That would be wrong. Uh, the virtuous thing to do is to keep quiet and eat what they've served, and that be the sacrifice. So, um, I I hope that I hope that helps. I um, I know we're close to ending music. I don't know uh, today if things have... I'm not quite able to keep up. Um, in any case, um, I, I think that that helps. And Betty, sweetheart, if you're still listening, um, uh, go, honey. Go to someone um, who can put you in a safe place without your husband uh, being able to know where you are. Um, you've had a rough, rough, rough life and you're still in very difficult circumstances and you need to be loved and protected and in a place that is safe for you. So I would hope that, um, that you'd be able to do that. And Jan, um, if you're still listening, it's why Kristen called in, uh, how to distinguish between necessary servile work and heroic virtue. And so, um, you're flying to see your daughter on weekends because you homeschooled is perfectly okay. I'm going to speak for God. It's perfectly okay with God. Just know that you should do everything you can to get to church on Sunday, to get to Mass on Sunday, uh, Saturday night or uh, whatever time you can on Sunday. If it's impossible, it's impossible, and then you... Uh, but you de- do need to go to confession and say, I could not get to church because of this. It, it won't be a problem. It won't be a problem. But know how strongly God wants us in church on Sunday. God bless you all. We'll speak with you tomorrow. <laughs>